Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. How many of you were here last night? You know, we were so blessed to have Sue minister to the women, encounter women. And, you know, we just love Sue. And um, we're just so very honored to have you and bless our church. We love you. Our church loves you. And, you know, you're the big deal to us. I'm so glad we did not lose you in the plane. I was like, (laughs) I am so glad. (laughs) But um, let's pray really quick before we welcome Sue. Father, thank you. We open our hearts for the word. And I pray that you will just um, use Sue to, to minister powerfully to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's give Sue a welcome. I'm really glad they didn't lose me in the plane. We had wind shear. We flew to Montgomery. I didn't know Montgomery. I thought, Montgomery, I thought it was a big place. It's not. But it was quite a challenge to get here in every way, and I asked Hunter politely when he picked me up. And you should have seen the people at the airport. It was amazing. It was like being in a Disney movie. They were screaming, oh my gosh, it's snowing. People were in shorts and sandals, and it was awesome. I I enjoyed just waiting outside in the snow. And um, when Hunter picked me up, I said, please, I have experienced a lot. And could you not drive your normal way on the way home? And he accommodated an old lady. And I was very grateful. So it is wonderful to be here. Challenges, they don't bother me. Um, I experience them all the time. But um, I just, I want to give a little thing to the ladies, but since there's guys here, it's fine if you hear it. But ladies, when I got home last night and I was in my room and I asked the Lord, what did you think about tonight? And he said, you know what? You girls got my attention. So I just want to tell you, well done for how you pursued Jesus last night. And he loved it. He loved being with us. So um, I know you've been talking about faith. And I even have papers where I I was going to just try to come up with faith. Something, you know, like, God, what do you want to talk about? And I wrote faith, and I wrote faith, and he said, look, what, what's your lane? What do you love? And I said, Holy Spirit. He said, come on. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Holy Spirit today. It's my favorite. He is my favorite thing to talk about. If that's all I ever spoke about the rest of my life, it would be on the Holy Spirit and healing. And Liz set the stage today. So if you guys need healing today, you're in for it. You're, you're in for healing. So... Let's just pray real quick. Father, I thank you for today for what you are doing in us and through us and among us. You are creating a community, Father, of wholeness and holiness, a community that walks in joy and in power and in the nature of God and the character of God, yes. So I pray every heart in this room, and uh, I think you're live streaming, I don't know, Uh, and if you are, (laughs) every heart would be impacted, every heart would be changed, every heart would be reconciled to you today, and that's my heart for you. Are you you guys live, you're online, right? Yes. Okay. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a couple examples from the Old Testament, and then we're going to jump into the New. And you know, one of my favorite things about coming here is this is such a creative and a pregnant environment with the words of God. I love to come here. I literally have pages. I don't know if we'll get to all the words the Lord gave me today. And it, it just, um, I love it. Your, your environment is pregnant with miracles, with words, with healings, with entrepreneurship. The things that God is releasing in this church and through this church are going to blow your mind. And they already have. You know that. So I'm starting, uh, we'll start out in Exodus. I don't have, uh, we'll put up the scripture in a minute. But you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Holy Spirit were called different things. And this always reminds me of Hunter. Because in the Old Testament, it was called the ghost, or the Holy Ghost. And Hunter, when he came to New Mexico, he was the Holy Ghost. And we had to like get used to Hunter in New Mexico. But in the New, New Testament, it's Holy Spirit, but one spirit, right? One spirit. And so it's the same spirit, the same, the same person. Now, the manifestations were different in the Old Testament um, from the New. And we're going to find out that in the Old Testament, what it was called was a visitation culture because the Holy Spirit only came on people for a specific job. But I'm going to just share with you, and you may know all of this, um, you know, he, he came on for a specific purpose, and then he lifted. But God was eager the whole time, from the beginning of time. He said, all I want to do is be with you. All I want to do is dwell with you. That's what he said. And you're going to see scripture that says that, but it wasn't fulfilled until the New Testament. He had to wait for that. And so Exodus, you know, it, obviously it's a book about people exiting, <laughs> right, uh, out of Egypt, and the people are out in the wilderness, and Moses has multiple encounters with God. And, and what, I, what I want you to think when we're talking through these scriptures in the Old Testament is understand they don't have history in front of them. <laughs> Stuff is happening like being on a mountain, thunder, lightning, clouds, and Moses is up there visiting with God. And just to bring it maybe to your current place, I think God was downloading. How about that? I think God was downloading into Moses a bunch of stuff. And everybody's sitting back in the valley watching because they were scared. Nobody was going to go up that mountain. But Moses went. And so one of the things that he told Moses was he says, I want you to build me a tent. I want you to build me a meeting place. And um, because I don't want to be left out. I want to be with you guys. And, and the tent they built, you talk about glamping. That was, when I tell you how much that tent cost, you're, you're going to realize it was pretty, pretty expensive. And he says, God, I, what I want to point out today is God is way more eager to be in us than we are to have him in us. He is, he is wanting he is wanting to be with us. And so he says, I want to be among you. I want to be in you. So Moses hears from God, and he, God's telling him, I want you to build me this tent. And Moses is going, um, and how do I do that? Because I think he gave him some pretty specific instruction 
about that. And so in Exodus 31, verses 1 through 5, I don't know, I think, did I send? Oh, look at you guys. And it's even big for old people so we can read it. Well done back there, whoever. I love it. Um, The Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say it wrong. I called Bezalel. Bezalel? Okay. Bezalel, the son of Uri. And um, I'm going to read it off here because I really can't see that well. And... um, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now understand, this is the first time in Scripture we hear somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit. Got it? So he says, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, what I think is kind of fascinating is if, you know, I don't know if you guys ever go through Scripture and go, well, you know, if I was God, I would have done it this way. And I'm thinking, well, man, you had Abraham, you had Moses, you know, you had Adam and Eve. I personally would have picked Abraham to be the first person to be filled with the Spirit because I like him, and I like what he did. But anyway, he didn't. So God's, <laughs> God says to this guy, he says, you know, um, I'm going to fill you with my Spirit, and this was a guy who had the ability and the intelligence with knowledge to build stuff. That's, that's the first guy. He said, you have craftsmanship, um, to, de, to uh, devise artistic designs, yea, for artists, to work with gold, silver, and bronze. And I think that's um, pretty amazing. Yeah. And so what he told Moses was, build me a tent. Moses goes, great, I'd love to, I don't know how to. And he says, guess what? I'm going to fill somebody with my spirit. Yeah. I am going to partner with you. If you don't partner with the Holy Spirit for stuff, it's not going to happen. You know, you want to build a church. If you don't partner with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to build a church. And so let's hop on to Judges 6.34. And um, so, so we see the first guy has gotten the instruction to build the temple. Now, we're in Judges 6.34. I love Gideon. Gideon is one of my most favorite people, and you need to read his story because uh, it's filled with great stuff. So 634 says this, but the spirit of the Lord clothed, whoops, I judged, I hopped ahead. No, I didn't. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and sounded the trumpet and the Abyssinite, how do you say it? Abyss. There you go. Were called out to follow him. Okay. So Gideon is this guy that's hiding out. He's totally like done. And he uh, is a wonderful example of what happens when God partners with us. And so God shows Gideon. He says, you know what? I'm going to raise you up. Now, Gideon was like hidden away in a corner, and he was stomping on grapes. That's what he was doing. He didn't want to be seen by anybody. He didn't want to be noticed by anybody. Do you ever get those days where it's like, I'm going to hide out, not only from God, but everybody else? And of course you do. We all do. And so here's Gideon, and God says, you know, I'm going to raise you up to set a nation free and win a war that's coming. Now, this is a man that's stomping on grapes. And Gideon is, like, afraid. Not only that, God says the number in the army that's coming is pretty big. Have you ever gone to the ocean and picked up a a handful of sand? That's how much 
that's how big the army was that was coming. So if I'm Gideon, I would choose grapes, right? All of a sudden, I'm going to be in charge of an army or against an army that's huge to save a nation. So this is how I respond when I read this part of the scripture and I'm thinking I'm Gideon. I would be going, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. I should have been a Baptist like my mother told me. Is that okay to say? I, no, I love Baptist. I'm, I'm not. But they're a little milder than. But I love, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean that. Is, am I in trouble? Usually I'm called into the pastor's office right now. Okay. I hate my life. I think that's what Gideon would be saying, right? And so um, he says, so Gideon starts with thousands and thousands of men. And then you know what happened? God comes to him and says, hmm, it's too many. Lord, have mercy. So he goes through a few things, and he dwindles it down to 300. Now, I want to tell you something about God. He's terrible at math. (laughs) Always. He tells you, he tells you, I want you to feed kids in Cuba and it costs a lot of money. And you're like, how? And God says, watch. All right. He's terrible at math. So just, just always remember that when he tells you to do something, just remember, you're going to mess this up, aren't you? This isn't going to go well. So, so what happened is God put Gideon on like a glove and um, Gideon, you know, said, he said to Gideon, I'm going to borrow you today. You know, I'm, I'm going to use you today. Felicia, I'm going to put you on like a glove, and I'm going to use you today. That's what he says to everybody in the room. Just situationally, hey, I need you today. I need you to build me a tent. You're the guy I'm going to anoint to do that. And so he, he put him on. He says, I want you to help me accomplish what I want to do in the earth. And, you know, and then he gives him a trumpet. This whole story of how, you know, ended up the enemy basically sabotaged themselves. And I like that. You know, one of my deepest goals in life is to give the enemy a nervous breakdown. You know, I, I, want, I want to make him tremble, right? And so Gideon, um, if Gideon hadn't partnered with the Holy Spirit when he blew that trumpet, it would have been a nice solo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guys would have gone, man, you did a great job. You hit all those notes. <laughs> and nothing wouldn't have happened. But he partnered yes. with the Holy Spirit, yes. right? So everything is different when we partner with Holy Spirit rather than operating on our own. And I love that. I love the opportunity to partner with him because I know it's going to be a journey and an adventure. So to summarize these few moments, the Old Testament, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit was to come upon people for a task, right? A mission, something to accomplish, the visitation of the Holy Spirit. But what we know now is that the promise of God came that he wanted this to be normal in our lives, right? He wanted you to come to a service, your kids to be in the front, and the Holy Spirit to visit them as much as us. 
that was his heart in all of this. So he said, I want to live among my people. So we're going to hop over to the New Testament, John 7, 37 through 39. And it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out. Now you keep remembering. History isn't in front of us. <laughs> they don't know what he's telling them. They're trying to figure it out. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow waters, or will flow rivers of living water. How does that happen? How is living water going to flow out of my heart if I don't know about the Holy Spirit? So am I going to take a drink of Jesus? How, what's going on, right? And so, um, because the Spirit hadn't been given. So I think people didn't have the context that we have. When we look at stuff like this, we go, oh my gosh, that's the Holy Spirit. When people get healed or saved, we go, Holy Spirit, right there. Before, they were, before Holy Spirit had been revealed to them, I think that was probably some pretty eye-popping kind of stuff, you know? So the disciples are, are thinking about this situation. So we go to John 14, 26. And he, then he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so in my mind, when I'm thinking of a helper, like last night, Alex helped me. She did the whole set up the whole night. It was amazing. And she would come to me and she'd go, Sue, do you need anything? Can I help you? And I thought, and there's a helper. And there's a helper. That's how I think of helper. Somebody's going to come in the room and say, do you have water? Do you, do you have everything you need? So he's telling them, I'm going to send you a helper. And so, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. And you know what I love about this? I think this is totally for older people because I don't remember anything. <laughs> and I think he knew, you know what? These guys are going to forget. I got to send a Holy Spirit because he's going to bring to your remembrance the things that I have said. And so... When you're reading this, if you're reading this scripture in your Bible, in John, I'm just, I just want to show you this because you see there's a lot of red letters at this part. Okay, here's the deal. If you don't know what to read in the Bible, read the red letters, okay? Because that's his words. All the other words are from other people. And so make sure you're reading the red letters if you have to, if you don't have anything else in mind to read. And what was happening at this point in John was we're running into almost all red letters because it's getting the end. And Jesus is trying to tell them all the things I want you to know before I leave. And so he's running near the end of his life. And he, he has so much he wants to say before he, he dies and he's resurrected and he ascends. And so, um, again, they didn't know what helper was, only what their thought was. John 16, 5 through 7. But now I'm going uh, to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where am I going? Like, are you curious? <laughs> you know, they're all sitting there, and it actually says, and they, their hearts were filled with sorrow because he was leaving. And the whole time he's been saying, I'm going to send you a helper, but they hadn't connected those dots. And, you know, I can't blame them because I don't know that I would have either. You know, so it's like, Wow, I'm sad you're going. And he's going, but I told you, I'm going to send you a helper. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, 
I will send him to you. And then go on to John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, and I have a word about this that I'm going to share at the end about the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is our best friend. And in this culture today, will I be called into your office? Okay. Um, in, (laughs) In this culture today, it's your truth, and whatever your truth is is okay. That's not the truth. Right? So... I'll stop it there. But uh, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. Not your truth. His truth. And he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare the things that are to come. He's going to hear what heaven is saying and then he's going to speak it to us. All right? So... The Holy Spirit is, the, in my opinion, the greatest search engine there is. Don't you love this? Like, I'm trying to bring it to you younger people. You know? <laughs> trying to relate to you. So, um, <laughs> I know, my kids will say, what search engine are you using? I'm like, I don't know what, what search engine. But he's a great search engine, right? He's the one to ask. And so... I think we need to understand that the Holy Spirit comes spontaneously, and he does, but I'm going to show you a side where he is very strategic, and he says, do it this way. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, this was amazing. I met the Lord. I was in nursing school, and I, I had no Christian upbringing whatsoever. Never went to church. I, I might have gone with a friend, but never anything formal. I... Um, we, we were doing Jesus, it wasn't even, yeah, it was called Jesus Chapel, Friday Night Chapel, that's what it was called. And it was all young hippies. I was younger than a hippie. I wasn't quite a hippie. <laughs> I have on my hippie socks, so. But anyway, we went to church, and, and um, I had gone through a very traumatic week. Uh, my best friend in nursing school was killed in an accident. I rode horses, I was a cowgirl, my horse died in a weird situation. It was a horrible week. So I went on a Friday night to pick up a friend's sister, and I was hoping if I did this, he might ask me out. (laughs) But he didn't. (laughs) So anyway, but I'm standing at the back of the church, and it's filled with young people, and they were worshiping God, and my heart leapt, and I had no idea what it was. I only knew whatever they had I wanted. So when they, they gave the invitation and they were singing the song, Come to the Waters, I, it's a really old song, you wouldn't know it, and I literally ran to the front and I said, whatever this is, I want it. And it was Jesus. And I was crazy in love with God. That moment, boom, my life was changed 100%. And so it was a a month later, there was a man named George Otis. If you've ever ridden in an Otis elevator, that's him. Full gospel businessman, is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, They had a big meeting, and he said, if you want more of Jesus, meet me in the back room. It sounded good to me. (laughs) And I didn't know. I didn't know the Holy Spirit. So I walked in the room, I fell on the floor, and I spoke in tongues. Just like that. <laughs> Nobody prayed for me. I, didn't even, I had no idea what was going on. I only knew I was, 
if I thought I was in love before, I was crazy in love. And I never looked back. I never looked back to my life. And that was my experience with the Holy Spirit, meeting him, just in love, loved it. Not everybody's, you know, experiences that way, but that was mine. And so the result of that was, um, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in like a wind. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know where he's going. But sometimes the Holy Spirit comes where he's extremely structured. And the Holy Spirit likes to be structured. He's, he likes us to build things he can fill. And as I was praying about your church, you know, and thinking of your church, you came here, you built it according to what he wanted, and he filled it. So do you see he's on each end of the spectrum? So every one of us gets to have our own experience somewhere between falling on the floor or a very structured experience with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. Result is the same. Okay? So um, he, you know, he, he told this guy, build me a tent. And I want it four cubics by eight cubics by two. I don't know what it was. I'm just making that up. But he, he had a very specific idea on how he wanted this tent to look. And so I hope that as we go through this journey that we are going to have a deeper understanding that the Holy Spirit will come spontaneously. And you can't grab the wind. I don't know if you guys have ever done this. But like, if you're a kid and it's really windy outside, have you ever tried to, have you? I'm the only one. <laughs> well, sometimes I try to grab the wind, just, you know, and uh, you can't. You know what you do with the Holy Spirit? You surrender. That's right. You don't grab, you surrender him, yeah. to him. And so, um, so the Holy Spirit said, I want, the, I want the tent to look like this. Don't move over here, stay here. Just do this. I don't know if you've had this experience. There's, uh, there's times where the Holy Spirit tells me, I want you, I don't, you can't see this, but I'm trying to prove I'm saying the truth. Over here, the Holy Spirit told me, I want you to read um, in Isaiah 61. And so he says, I want you to mine it. I want you to go deeper and deeper and deeper until you find the gold in this. And so I did, and I read it every day. And then I started to move somewhere else to read. And he goes, I didn't tell you to leave. I'm like, excuse me, I just wanted to read a little bit in the Psalms. <laughs> and he says, no, go back here. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is structured. Sometimes he says, yeah, mine it, read it, till you get everything out of it, all right? And it's important because the eagerness of God is realized finally after centuries. We're going to move into Acts now. Centuries God has been waiting to dwell in us. So Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, woohoo! they were all together in one place, and suddenly, what happened? A wind, right? A mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And I love this. I, I'm going to see this, and I know I'm going to really see this happen because I've asked God, and he said, okay. And divided tongues of fire appeared on them, and they rested. Now, I want to know how you would feel if you were sitting in a prayer meeting and you looked out and everybody had tongues of fire on their head. I mean, would that be cool? I mean, that would, I don't know if I would be afraid or if it would be cool. I don't know. But, 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember again, we have history. We're going to look at that and go, yep, Holy Spirit. They didn't. So I, I don't know what, like, I remember one time my husband was telling me he, they were praying and they were, it was like an afterglow and he felt the presence of the Lord so much he crawled under, they were in some guys there, I think they're in Dale's bedroom or something, he crawled under the bed because he was sure he was going to see the face of God and die, you know, like, like that's how I think this was going on here. And so, and suddenly, like a wind, there was fire on their head. And at this sound, multitude came together, and they were bewildered, no kidding, um, because each one of them was hearing them speak their language. And, you know, there was no Rosetta Stone. Like, they hadn't visited these other places. Yeah. How were they speaking in these other languages? Holy Spirit. So, again, God is saying to them, I'm sending a helper and when it gets there, it's going to look very different. Here's another little heads up. Be careful, because when God speaks to you and says, I'm going to do something, we might miss it if we think we know how he's going to do it. Right? So, I mean, I think that happened around Christmas time, right? Didn't they expect something different when a king was born? We don't want to miss it. So it's God says, God, I'm going to come. I'm going to do this. And it's like, okay however you want to do it. I'm, I'm not going to miss what you're doing. And so I think the Holy Spirit looks, um, let me see, we, there was a little Pentecostal church in El Paso with Brother McPherson, and he loved the young people. So we would go there, and he had an African missionary speaking one night. His prayer language was English. We heard the language of heaven. I, I was like in shock listening to this man pray in his prayer language. It was pretty cool. So, okay, we're getting, we're getting close to, I don't know what time it is. We're wrapping it up, and then I want to share some words with you. But I believe that, uh, you know, we talked about the, the tent, and the Lord said, I want a perfect place to dwell. Perfect place. All right, so he gave all the dimensions. Solomon's temple was the most expensive piece of real estate ever built by human hands. In today's market, it was worth $60 billion. It was 3,000 square feet. That's small. That's $40 million a square foot. So we're not affording that, right? But that's what God said. This is where. I want to be. This was the perfect place. Well, look at the difference in the New Testament. It looks very different. God says, I don't care what the temple looks like. Why? We're the temple. We're the temple. I don't care what you look like. You don't have to be perfect for my Holy Spirit to dwell. He waited all those centuries to be here and in us. And so it's kind of like, you know, when we, invite the Holy, when we invite Jesus to come live in us, well, God is the contractor. He bought the house through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, well, he's, the guy's going to fix it up, right? And so 
When you feel those jackhammers going off in your life, like this morning as I was praying before we came and I thought, oh, he walked into, into my house and he goes, Sue, there's mold. Girl, we gotta take care of that, you know? And it's like, okay, okay. And sometimes we don't let him do the work. You know, and it doesn't do us any good to build a beautiful structure on a faulty foundation. In fact, I think they call it foolishness in the Bible. And so, um, you know, it's like, okay, God, I'm going to give you this little part. You can fix this closet up over here. And so he fixes it up, and it looks beautiful. And that gives me, that's like, wow, okay, you did a good job here. So then I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you a bigger budget to work on my heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And I just want to close with this. I don't know if you guys watch Home and Garden. You probably don't because you're young. But, oh, thank you. (laughs) Do you ever watch Home and Garden? Okay, you've stumbled across. I love it. (laughs) You watch it all the time, don't you? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Okay, well, there's a show on there. (laughs) I stumbled across it. There's a show on there called Love It or List It. Have you seen that? (laughs) You're funny. So, so, you know, this show focuses on, on taking a house and fixing it up, making it the way it should be, right? And there's always significant issues. And, you know, they have to go in. They bust down walls. They raise ceilings. They do all of those things. And there's always obstacles. And you know that. If you've renovated your house, there's always an obstacle. It doesn't matter. You plan for it, and then you find out you you got mold. Whatever. So uh, what happens then is I think we spend a lot of time wanting to list not our houses, but our lives. Because we don't want God to come in and do what he needs to do for us. That's how I watch TV. <laughs> it's like, oh. So, you know what? It's, it's not our house, but it's our life. And on this journey, we have God, who is a designer, with a vision for even the most dysfunctional house there is. And the enemy, now I love realtors, but the enemy in this story is the realtor, (laughs) right? And he comes and he says, oh, but look at that house over there. Look at them, their marriage is perfect. And look at you, yours isn't. And then he shows you another house. Wow, they're kids. Man, you see how their kids pray? Your kids don't pray like that. You know, and then he's going to show you another house. (laughs) And he's going to tell you something else. He's always going to show you real estate that does not have your problems, right? And so the work always begins in us when we come to the end of our ability to do it. And then it becomes Holy Spirit's work. I pray we would all come to the end of our ability. I pray that. You know, he takes this little tiny budget that we give him and he makes something so beautiful with it. And it's always according to his vision and his purpose, always. That's the only way he builds. And then, you know, we give him, we build this trust with him and we give him more and more real estate of our hearts. 
So today, you can choose to love it, or you can choose to list it. And we're going to choose to love our lives. You know what? We should love our life. And I'm telling you, I love my life. I love my family. I love that I get to travel to other countries. I love it. But it didn't start out that way. I was a mess. And I can be a mess even now. If, hopefully you won't see that part of me. But, they, you know, we're going to have lunch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so today we choose to love our life, right? We choose. So what I want to do is it's kind of a declaration. I want to pray over you. And then I'm going to ask Jordan to come up. And we're going to just give some words. And we'll have ministry teams and we're just going to um, love our lives and let God do what he wants to do in us. So I'm going to ask you, I, I love prophetic acts. I'm, I love them. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your heart. And here we go. So, Lord, I pray now that you would release power. You said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to become my witnesses. And I pray now that every single person in this room or listening would suddenly be overcome with power. Yes. Holy Spirit, come and release your power. And that the Holy Spirit would come upon them powerfully and the people who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you would be baptized Amen. in the Holy Spirit. People who have never had dreams or visions, you're going to have dreams and you're going to have visions. Open yourself up to that. Open yourself up to that. And that you would cast out demons. You would, ca uh, you would cast out the works of the enemy, just like it was in the day of Paul. And that this church, Encounter Church, would be famous in heaven and feared in hell. And I pray this for you guys all the time, that you are so famous in heaven and so feared in hell. And I pray for your children in children's church that when they walk into their schools, demons would flee. Amen. Father, that they, the demons would say, oh my gosh, they're here. And Jesus, we pray now that you would touch people, people who have resisted you in the past just like you did with Saul. Father, that you would change their hearts and that they would find themselves speaking in tongues and having visions. And I ask this and I pray this now over you in the name of Jesus. And that is my declaration for you. And I just want to share a couple more thoughts and some. we're going to do some, some words for ministry. And so I believe within the church, that we have now entered into a very defining moment in our culture and our time. The destiny of God is in us and it has met the timing that it needed to meet. They've come together, they have met. We have to be willing to obey. We have to obey what God is asking. So, so now as we're willing to obey his leading and trusting by his spirit, he has equipped you with all that you need to effectively advance his purpose. Yes. 
You're equipped. Don't, don't sit back and say, I can't do this. You go forward and do what he's asked you to do. And so I, I shared this last night, a, a vision I, I came upon, and I, I got more clarity to it today, this morning. And so I see some of you standing in front of a window, a wall with a window in it. And you're looking out the window, and as the Lord comes to you, he's speaking to you. And he's saying, uh, you're standing in front of a window of opportunity right now. You're looking out that window, and there's opportunity with it. And he's going to come to you, and he's going to put a key in your hand. And that key is going to turn that window into a door. All right? Some of you, God's been telling you to do something. And you've held back because you don't feel like you're qualified or ready or maybe even want to. God says you better walk through that door. I'm giving you the key to open that door. So for many of us within the body of Christ, the process is now giving away to purpose. You've been in this process. Go, do what you're called to do, all right? You're equipped to do that. We take our place in his plan. We trust his leading in your spirit. Be what you have been becoming. You're a Christian. You've come here. You're, you're becoming that. Go do it. Go do what he's asked you to do. So we're going to take our focus off of ourselves. And we are confidently going to take everything that God has made available to us by his spirit. And we're going to say, yes, launch us. Go do out in the community. Go do in your family. Do in your church what God has called you to do. The process has given way now to purpose. And at his word, we will boldly take our place in God's plan. I'm going to step into his plan for me, whatever that is. And we're going to move into this defining moment with confidence and courage and faith. You've been learning about faith. Step into it. And we will see his kingdom come and his will be done in us. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.